Hey, this is Pastor Rafael Rodriguez. Welcome to Restore 2020 Podcast. Go ahead and choose a message. Be empowered, be equipped, be prepared to change your world for Christ Jesus. God bless you. All right. Had a little uh, little bit of technical difficulties, but welcome to Hungry for God's Word. Facebook's page. I enjoy having you guys here with me. Uh, today we are praying for the churches. We're going to be praying for the churches. I decided to move our time up to 3 o'clock just for today. I have another service to be at, at 5 o'clock, and so I wanted to move it up a little bit, an hour sooner, so that I could have time to get to the other service. So anyways, I want to share with you some scriptures out of Matthew chapter 5. Uh, this is the Sermon on the Mount. We know that Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he shared some truth, and it's a lot of great things that we can take from this message, this sermon that he preached, and today I'm going to be focusing on chapter 5, on the Beatitudes. Um, so I want to encourage you guys today in this pandemic that we're in. We are so far in this pandemic, uh, a lot of things could be comfortable right now. A lot of things have become normal for us, and I want to encourage you guys that, you know, it may be a new normal, or it may not be a new normal. But I want to encourage you guys to have the faith and trust the Lord, that trust Him, and He's going to get us through every season that we are faced with. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have uh, lost finances. Some people have been hospitalized. People have lost their lives. So there's a lot of things that are happening during this pandemic. But I want to encourage everybody to really trust in God and watch Him do amazing things in the midst of the circumstances that we face. Uh, because He is faithful. He never changes. The Bible says that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I'm going to encourage you guys with this word from Matthew chapter 5, um, from the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Powerful, powerful message from the greatest preacher of all times, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He preached this message. Um, there's a lot of truths that we can apply into our lives, and not only apply it to our lives, but just really learn from this, uh, live it as, as an example, and watch God... Um, do great things as a result of us applying these scriptures to our life. I want, to, I want to challenge you with something before I get into reading this, though, real quickly. Don't base your faith in Jesus Christ on your financial blessings, on your house, your car, all the great things that you may be having. Don't base your faith in Christ in that. Don't also base your faith in Christ when you're going through a difficult time, a challenging time, and you begin to question why God allowed this to happen. Be faithful to Him in the good times and the bad times. When you're feeling blessed, when you have money, you know, coming out the wazoo, you got finances, you got you got a nice house and car, that's, that's God's blessing in some ways, yes. But how do you respond spiritually? Where are you at with your relationship with God? If God were to take all that away from you, how would you respond to that? And in the opposite of that, when you're going through a challenging time, maybe you're dealing with sickness, maybe you're dealing with financial difficulties, maybe you, you know, you're having issues at your job. Don't, Look at it as, well, God is punishing me because, you know, I've done something wrong and now I'm going through all this stuff. Sometimes God just wants us to go through the season. Look at, the, look at Job. Job was a righteous man. Sometimes he wants us to go through some challenging seasons, not only so he can bless us, but see how we respond and how we can bless other people. Did you know that there's people watching us, especially when they know that we are believers in Jesus Christ, in our jobs, in our schools, they're watching us and they're trying to see how do we respond to life difficulties and situations. What is our response to that? And when we respond in a godly way, that can bless somebody out of their darkness. That can take somebody, and when they look at us, they see a human being who's living out the scriptures and believing what, that God is faithful to us, and we're going to be faithful to him as a result of that. That can help them get through their storm. 
And so I'm speaking to you right now live from my prayer closet. I do this every week from Hungry for God's Word. And I may be on my personal Facebook page right now. I'm not sure. I, I pressed the button and I just started recording. And so whether I'm on my personal, page, personal Facebook page or Hungry for God's Word Facebook page, I'm going to share this truth this morning, this afternoon to you guys who are watching. I'm going to bless you with this word. And so trust God in the midst of the storms, the, the good times, the bad times, the ugly times. Trust Him. Be faithful and committed to Him no matter what. You know, I just, we, we look at the people who are blessed financially and, and have cars and and, and money and house and all that, we look at them and say, man, God's really blessed them. But we don't know how close they are to God. They could be the most evil people, heathens that don't care nothing about God, but then we base their financial gain and everything that they have, their materialism, and we think, well, God's favors on them. God must be blessing them, and they could be far from God. And then we look at this poor people that are struggling, going, making, going check by check and trying to make things in life, and we look at them and say, man, they must be cursed. And we don't even know that they could be closer to God than we are. And so we got, to, we got to base our relationship or look at other people and see what fruits they're producing. The Bible says that you'll be known by your fruits. So how do you respond to your difficulties? How do you respond to your challenges? How do you respond when you are blessed? How do you respond with that? That's when you know where you're at with God. And that's how people can tell, okay, this person's been faithful, committed to God no matter what. And so we should not be known by our fruits, not by what we have, material things that we can't even take with us anyway when we go home to be with him. Okay, so keep that in mind. But here we're focusing on the Beatitudes. And I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 5 from the New King James Version. New King James Version. That's my weapon of choice this afternoon. And it says this. It says, In seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he sat, when he was seating, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Okay, now he's up in the mountains. There's a large group of people. Another translation says that there was a lot of people. This one says seeing the multitude. And now he went up on a mountain and he, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened up his mouth and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are struggling in their spirit. Blessed are those who are, who are not, let's say, I'm going to put it this way, who are not so spiritually Fattened, spiritually overindulged or, indulged, or spiritually, in a sense of overflowing, that they cannot grow anymore. And so my blessed are those who are poor in spirit. If you think of somebody being poor, they're hungry, they're desiring for change. Bless those who are poor in spirit, who are hungry, who have room for growth, who have room for more of God in their life. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, when I used to read this, I used to think, well, that has to do with people who, who experience a family member dying or, you know, a friend dying. No, these are people who are also mourning the things that God mourns. Being sad when there's abortions happening in our world and God's heart is broken as a result of that. Being sad when there's children being abducted, abducted and sell into slavery sex trade, which is a modern-day human trafficking slavery, being sad for that, being sad when there's a gentleman who's run, of another color who is running, jogging, and gets killed because of the color of his skin. So being sad and mourning the things that God mourns, that's what that's referring to as well. Not just when you lose somebody close to you in your life, but being mourning when you're seeing this, this chaos and the struggles and the, the challenges in life, and God mourns when he sees us harming one another and treating each other terribly.
And he said, for they should be comforted. God comforts those who are hurting. God comforts those who are being challenged. God, God comforts those who may have different beliefs than we do. Different things that we may like. He comforts those who are going through some challenges. And we should be mourning with God in a sense of when people are suffering, even though we may not be able to identify with them, maybe we don't even care for them, People are suffering, we should be mourning with the Lord, and they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek, those who, in another translation, the humble, those who don't think themselves higher than anybody else, those who take a humble position of where they're at, especially with our relationship with God. I know, you know, my earlier times when I was a believer, I felt so close to God. And part of that, that intimacy we see with God, as I began to back away from certain things that held me trapped, that held me down for so long in my life, and when I began to seek freedom in that, I began to have this uh, great connection, this great intimacy, intimacy with God, and started to come to get to my head. I started to think that I was so good, I was better than everybody else, because I no longer struggle that way no more. I no longer deal with that addiction anymore. I no longer care about, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't, I don't want to sleep around anymore. I don't want to do any of those things. So I began to think that I was better than everybody else because I don't, I'm not struggling with that anymore. And I had a hard time being humble. Did you know that it took me <laughs> going through some serious struggle, some serious battles, some serious drama in my life for me to realize that I need to just be humble and thank God for what he's done in my life and thank God for him giving me the Holy Spirit to be able to overcome all those things that I mentioned. The issue with drinking, sleeping around and partying and doing those things to get over all that and not even desire that anymore to thank God and be humble about it. Be humble in your relationship with God. When you reach, you know, when you feel connected, when you feel like God is using you, you're walking in a calling because every single one of us, God has called us to do something and when you're walking in that, stay in humility, being humble and walking in that. Don't think you are, you're better than, you, than anybody else. The Bible also says, and people believe in Philippians, don't think, that, don't think that you are better than anybody else. Don't think that you are higher than them because of this and that, because of your relationship with God. Keep yourself humble. Right here. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. They shall see all the blessings on the earth given to them in the sense of their humility when they're humble. You know, when I'm humble, I'm opening up myself to being blessed by God in ways. But when I'm, when I'm proud, when I'm arrogant, I'm not going to get any blessings given to me because it's going to make me more proud and arrogant. But when I'm humble myself, I'm trusting in God and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing with God's goodness and I'm treating others with love and respect and compassion. Then comes the blessing as a result of that. For we shall inherit the earth. Verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Being hungry and thirsty for righteousness. So what if you grew up in a church? So, so what if you've been to every single church, uh, church service ever since you, you're a kid? So what if you remember all these memory verses and you have, you know, your Bible's highlighted, or the whole entire thing is all highlighted with, with yellow highlight. So what if all that is, that's true in your life? That's great. It's good to talk about those things, but is your relationship with God fresh? Or is it something that you 
have grown accustomed to because you grew up in a church and this is something that you always did and so therefore your life is just the same way you're not experiencing any growth or you're not getting deeper in your relationship with God you're not getting further along in your your, your relationship with him you're not experiencing him a great in a great intimacy it's just become mechanical it's just going, you're just going through the motions because you had had this walk walking with God for such a long time you know I love it when people first give their life to Jesus because they seem to be the most like happiest joyful people because they know what they know where they've been delivered from they know that they've been saved from their sins and they they know that they could overcome through the power of the holy spirit through the power of god and so they have this joy about them and their relationship with god and but when we walk with jesus for a long period of time we start thinking about the years the experiences that we gain from that and we start becoming more like you know almost like any little thing doesn't affect us no more because we've seen it all. We've been through it. We've seen it all. We've been walking with God for so long and nothing, we don't have a fresh urgency of anything new burning within us because we have been doing this for such a long time. It just becomes a routine. And he's saying here, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Does it say only those who are new to the faith? This is for everybody. This is Jesus' words. Hungry and thirst for righteousness. And you desire a deeper intimacy with God that you are thirsting you are just dying for more of God in your life because you're not satisfied with just going to church once or twice a week you're not satisfied with just reading your Bible you know every morning and, and praying from time to time you want more from God you want more of God and he's saying blessed are those those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness for they shall be filled filled with what filled with what the Holy Spirit Filled with God's presence, filled with God's love, filled with God's joy, filled with God's peace, filled with God's words so that you can share with other people because you are hungry and thirsting for righteousness. Now, none of us are perfect. It's hard. That's a difficult thing to always walk in righteousness. Thank God for His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness. And when we fall out of sync with God, we can just go back to Him and ask Him for forgiveness but continue to pursue righteousness and how blessed we are when we are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Merciful, being mercy to those, you know, showing mercy to those who need to be shown mercy. I'm not a naturally merciful person. I'm going to tell you that now. I'm not, a naturally, I'm not a naturally compassionate, graceful person. My wife at times reminds me, you need to have a little bit more compassion, a little bit more grace, a little bit more mercy. You know, maybe because... I didn't see that much in my own life from others. I'm not going to say who or, or what, you know. So maybe I, I struggle a little bit with that. But the Bible says, blessed are, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. When I'm giving, showing mercy to other people, I should also get mercy as well. I need to be careful because when I don't show mercy to other people, why do I expect God to show me mercy if I'm not showing that to other people? And so be merciful. There's times that people... May not get, uh, may not deserve your mercy, but the Bible is telling us to be merciful. <laughs> There's times that you can justify the reason why you don't want to show mercy to somebody, and it may be, it may be right, and it may be true, but don't always be the kind of person that doesn't show mercy to anybody at all, because nobody never showed me mercy in my case. So I'm being challenged by that, and thank God I have somebody close enough in my life to say, hey. You gotta work on being a little bit more merciful. You gotta be work on being a little bit more gracious. You gotta work on being a little bit more compassionate because you're just kind of lacking that 
and that's the reason why it's good to have that relationship. We have a spouse who knows us, right? Kind of like it kind of symbolizes our relationship with God. We have this connection with our spouse. They know us. They know. They see what we don't see, and they can say it in a way that's loving and pointing out, so we can get back on track. So I thank God for my wife, who calls me out sometimes. I don't like it when she does, but who calls me out at times to make me think and um, get back on track. You know, there was a song back in the day, secular song, when I used to just listen to secular rap, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, I think it was Ice Cube who said sang that song or somebody like that. And so there's, a, there's people in our life that need to help check ourselves. They point us in that direction before we wreck ourselves, before we get down, down to a path of destruction to check ourselves, to see where we're at so we can get back on track with God. And here in this case, I'm talking about being merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure heart. David talks about in Psalm 51, a pure heart. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Blessed be with a pure heart. After he sinned with Bathsheba, after Nathan rebukes him, calls him out, and tells him what he did, David didn't respond by killing um, Nathan. No, he responded by writing the 51st Psalm, and he says, and he talked about having a pure heart. Having a pure heart, longing for that, longing for a pure heart. Man, our heart can get really hard. A heart can get deceitful. I go back to saying, you know, just because you're blessed in many ways financially, cars, houses, money, you know, don't be deceived by that. Look, how is your relationship with God? Are you being faithful to Him? Would you continue to be faithful to Him if the, He took all that away, away from you? For whatever reason, for a time of testing like Job. You know, Job, he didn't, he didn't sin for Him to have that happen to him. God was just, just showing us how to walk in suffering. I believe the story of Job is there for us to learn that even though we can be righteous and we can be godly and we can have it all, there will be times of suffering in our life. How do we respond to that time of suffering is what matters the most. Are we going to be faithful to God no matter what? Are you being faithful to God during this COVID-19 pandemic and everything around you is being chaotic, going crazy? Those of you who are watching last Sunday, I shared with you that on Thursday, which was this past Thursday, I had a major test to take, a major exam. And this exam has to do with my job, with my teaching. I'm a school teacher. Um, and so this exam has to do with me teaching. It has to do with some subjects that I need to cheat, teach. Now I was stressed. I was struggling. I was wrestling with that. Studying is all I could. And, you know, of course, a lot of people who care about me, who love me, their first words were, so how do you think you did on a test, an exam? Honestly, I do not know. Honestly, I have no clue. I guess I'll wait till the results come back. But in the midst of me waiting, I'm preparing my heart. I'm preparing myself as best as I could. Surrounding myself with powerful, influential people who can speak life into me. Getting into God's word. Trusting the Lord, no matter what the outcome is. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to be faithful to Him no matter what. I did the work. I did the study. I did the best that I could. I did what I had to do to try to pass this test. But whatever the result may be, I don't know yet. I'll find out this week sometime. I'm going to be faithful and trust the Lord no matter what because that's what He called me to do. To be faithful. To trust Him. And so I, 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 that's my desire. That's my motivation. I'm preparing myself now because I don't know the future. I might have passed the test. We're flying, you know, 
rocked it, knocked it out the park, or I might have passed away with flying colors, or whatever my case may be. I don't know the future, but I'm preparing myself to whatever the outcome may be. God's in control, and I'm going to trust in Him. Blessed are the pure heart, for they shall see God. Keep your heart pure with the blessings in your life, and when you don't have the blessings in your life, when you're going through struggles, keep your heart pure. Well, how do I do that, Raphael? Get into God's Word, praying, fellowshipping with other believers, just you know, being around people who can speak life into you, and also being around people who can challenge you and rebuke you at times when you need to be rebuked so that you can think and get back on track. I mean, we, we, we all like to surround ourselves with people who are going to tell us things that we want to hear. And that's good to have positive people around us, people who encourage us. But if you're going to surround yourself with people who are going to tell you what you want to hear, and when you do need to hear something, something that you don't want to hear, they're not the right people to tell you that. Because you're so used to them telling you what you want to hear, right? Surround yourself with people who love you and care about you, but they're also going to tell you the truth. They love you enough to tell you the truth. I used to say this to my students all the time, you know. I care about every single one of you. I love you guys. I love you so much. I'm going to tell you the truth. You need to you need to step it up in your education. You need to step. You need to try harder so you can get better grades. I'm not going to give them to you. You have to try harder. But I care enough to tell you, you have to do better. You have to apply yourself more. But if I sit here and tell you, oh, you're doing great. You're doing excellent. I'm not, you know, do I really care about you if I'm just telling you what you want to hear? No. No. I care about you more so when I tell you what you need to know, what you need to hear, and it's going to help you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, it's hard to be a person of peace. We live in a world today where, you know, there's chaos all around us. But we are called as people of God to be peacemakers, to bring peace in the midst of battle. There's a struggle going on. There's a political war going on right now. The Democrats and Republicans, they're battling it out. Who's going to win this election? Is it going to be Biden? Is it going to be Trump? You know, who's going to win it? You know, this, this, this chaos, this battle. And you're not, you know, you're not black if you vote for Trump. You know, you're not really black. Or you're not Hispanic if you vote for Republican. Or if you're not, you know, and it's just this war going on, this political war going on. And we, the people of God, have to be peacemakers. Well, how do we breathe peacemakers in the midst of a political rallies, a political um, debates, a political drama, or even pandemic drama. How do we be peacemakers in the midst of that? We have our foundation right here, scriptures and sharing the truth of God's word, because God's truth stands above all that stuff. <laughs> God's word is above all that. And the Bible says in Romans chapter, I believe it's 12, in the book of Romans, it says that we have to, what? Honor those in position of authority above us. Now, the only time that we are not to honor those in positions above us is when they're trying to tell us to, to back away from our faith. When they're trying to tell us that, you know, they're trying to get us to, to walk away from God and do something uncompromising, do something that goes against what we believe in as, as people of God, that's when we need to say, I don't know, nope, can't do it. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They want, you know, Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to worship this idol of him. And they're like, we're not doing it. We worship only God and God alone. And what happened? They were thrown in the fiery furnace. But they said right before they were thrown in the fiery furnace, they told Nebuchadnezzar, we trust God's going to be, be with us no matter what. And whatever happens, happens. So you could throw us in a fiery furnace, but we believe that our God is going to rescue us from that fiery furnace. And if he doesn't, 
we just trust him. We've got to leave it in his hand. What happened? They get thrown in a, in a fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar sees him himself. He says, what? I thought there were three people in there, but there was four because the Christ incarnate shows up, and he said, there's a man that looks like something like the Son of God in there with them. God saved him. And as a result of that, he said, anybody who tries to curse the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you will be severely punished. God showed up. They were faithful. They were committed. The people that threw them in the fiery furnace, it was so hot, they got killed for how hot it was. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were fine. Nothing happened to them. Nothing. They came out perfectly unharmed, and that was a revelation to Nebuchadnezzar and everybody who was watching that God is in control. And so we, being peacemakers, in the midst of the battles that we are faced with, you may not be drawn into a, burnt, a fiery furnace, but we're in the midst of a pandemic. We're in the midst of a political war. We're in the midst of all kinds of chaos. And it's getting hot, guys. It's getting hot. It's getting steamy, steamy hot. And people are being burned by that. But we have to be committed and say, you know what? God's in control no matter what. And we're trusting in Him. And you're not going to tell me how I'm going to live my life for Christ. And if you try to, try to get me to do something different, I'm not going to compromise because I serve Him and Him alone. And you can do whatever you want to me. Being, but being a peacemaker and letting people know God's in control. But he's in control. He's always, he always has been and always will be. He's in control. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now we think persecution, we think about India, Pakistan, places like that where they kill people who are Christians. But persecution can look like your workplace where they make fun of you for being a Christian. Persecution can, to look, can look like where because you don't go out and socialize and drink with everybody else because you live by a higher standard. And they say, well, he thinks he's better than everybody else. So they begin to judge you. That's a form of persecution as well. But bless those who are persecuted for they should see the kingdom of God. You know, those are the, he's saying... Those who are persecuted just like the believers, just like the prophets. Persecuted for what, though? For righteousness' sake. Not because of, well, I call myself a Christian, so I'm being persecuted. But yet, I look like everybody else. I'm not, you know, living the life. I'm not walking the walk. No, persecuted for righteousness' sake, for following God, for living a life different. But not compromising when they're trying to get you to pull you away from your Christian values. Oh, but you know, oh, no, it's all right. Uh, you know, it's all right to, to, to have sex before marriage, so it's okay to, 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 to go out partying, drinking, smoking, and put myself in a situation where my judgment is going to be impaired, and I'm going to make the wrong decisions and deal with the consequences of that. It's okay, you know, just, that's what everybody else is doing. No, blessed are the, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, living in righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then he ends this particular part. By saying this, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Falsely, not, not stuff that's true of the evil against you because you, you, know, you have proven yourself to be that way. But falsely, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The prophets were persecuted for doing right, for speaking the truth. Blessed are you for doing the same. Blessed are you for living the life that's righteous. Blessed are you. Now here we are. We are two weeks in. My church, we began, we started our services. We're doing our social distancing. We're spacing, you know, by section. 
We still in their services worshiping. We are today for the first time in a long time. We're going to have our kids service at five o'clock. We're going to be doing that. Um, first time in a long time. So things are coming back in the swing of things. We, you know, two weeks in, I'm believing that next week the powerful move of God's going to happen. Um, with being Pentecost Sunday, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm trusting God to move mightily in the midst of that, in, in those services that God's going to show up and do great things. If you're going to be on Facebook Live, there's a ministry called 714.com. They are going to have a Facebook Live on Friday the 29th, service of prayer time, recognizing the Pentecost Sunday, right here on Facebook Live. It's called 714 Ministry, and at 10 o'clock Central Time, they're going to have the special service, prayer time, worship time, you know, preaching, ministry of the Word. There'll be a lot of people from there, a lot of names that are out there in the evangelical circles. I think Stephen Furtick is one of those, Rob Morris, a couple of other people um, are going to be doing the service. Carrie Job, a lot of people are going to be doing that. Keep your eyes open. If you don't want more information, go on 714.com to get your information. It's going to be 10 o'clock Central Time Zone. Um, right here on Facebook Live. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for our services that are going on today and our services that will be going on next week as we are believing for God to turn this pandemic around and turn it around for His glory and do great things. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we come before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you for all of us who are watching, who are hungry for more of your word, Lord. We are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, Lord. We are trusting you in the midst of our political war zones, in the midst of our pandemic, Lord God. We are trusting in you. We can believe whatever the media is saying, Lord God, and some of it is true, but a lot of it is not. Lord, help us to believe in you and trust in you as you are in control, Lord. I'm believing for the services that I have met this morning, that the Spirit of God begin to move in, the, in, in your people, Lord God, and that the Spirit of God will move in the services tonight in many churches that are meeting tonight, Lord. But begin to prepare our hearts for us to see a great revival, a great transformation in the church, capital C, church, as you begin to take away this pandemic globally all around us, Lord God. I pray for the supernatural to happen. I pray for miracles, signs, and wonders. I pray for salvations, revival, Lord God. I pray for healing for people who are sick. I pray for restoration of those who lost jobs and finances. I pray for marriages to be restored, Lord God. I pray for relationships to be restored. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and none of this has caught you by surprise. You are in control. Help us to say we're not going to be in control no more. We're stepping back and we're going to allow God to take over because you know what's best for us and you have everything under your control and you are always moving, Lord. You are always doing something amazing. We are trusting and believing in you today to do great things, Lord. So I pray for those who are watching. I don't know what their needs are, but you do. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you bless them where they're at. My need is I, I had to pass this exam, Lord God. And you know the results of that. So I'm believing for you, Lord God, no matter what the results, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, whether I passed or not, you are in control. But whatever the situation may be for those who are watching, Lord God, they may have a similar situation or even something that's much more heavier for them to walk around with. May they trust in you no matter what. May they be committed to you no matter what. May they be faithful to you no matter what, Lord God, the outcome may be. Do something amazing in their lives. Show up and show out, Lord God. Bless them, keep them, cause your face to shine upon them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Love you guys. Uh, again, I do this 
every Sunday. Sometimes I do it at 3 o'clock. Today I had to do it at 3 o'clock. There's other times I do it at 4 o'clock. Um, I'm in the central time zone, so my, my, my time zone is different from those of you who are in the east coast. We are an hour behind. For those of you who are on the mountain coast, we are like an hour ahead. And, you know, there's different time zones for people who are part of Hungry for God's Word. Again, I might have posted this on my personal page, which is okay. That's fine, because it ends up there anyway, on Hungry for God's Word. If you missed this time of prayer, or you know anybody that needs to hear this, be encouraged by this, they can come back onto here, watch it, or it's going to be on a Restore 2020 podcast, which is a podcast that I have out there. Um, it's in multiple areas. It's in Spotify. It's on uh, iTunes. I use a, a, a particular platform, and it goes out to various ones out there, the most popular ones out there. It's called Restore 2020. It's a podcast where there's messages on there, there's prayers on there, there's words of encouragement to bless you. Ones that have blessed me, I share that with others. And that's what Hungry for God's Word is. We want to share God's truth, whether it's through scriptures, memory verse, uh, speaking the Word of God, speaking like this like this right here, preaching the Word of God, or there's a thought that God has placed on our hearts and our minds to share. We want to be able to share that with others, and they could do the same with that as well. So if you haven't been part of um, Hungry for God's Word, you haven't liked the page, like it, share it with somebody else so they can be connected, and we're all going to continue to walk in faith and trust in the Lord. God bless you guys. Love you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on the podcast or share it with somebody by taking a photo and send it by text message or share it with the link below and they'll be able to click on it and enjoy the message as well. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time.